Hello, Miriam. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Very nice, Cindy. How have you been with COVID and everything crazy going on? It is indeed crazy. And um, I have been like everybody else, just trying to, to think about what can you do when you are feeling so disempowered um, yeah. as we did with COVID and now with the uh, war in Ukraine kind of paralyzed because there is very little that we feel that we can do. So I have been trying to do, I imagine that what everybody else has been doing, which is to focus on your most immediate world to to try to make a difference there and to okay. try to see where we can help elsewhere. That's really good. I mean, the war going on, I think, is so sad. Um, you know, my great grandmother actually fled the Ukraine because of the czar uh, for religious persecution. So uh, to see this happening again is really sad. I, I think we all need peace. And especially after COVID, we all need to recenter ourselves. Things have been just so hectic. Now, Inspiring Girls is really amazing. I would love to know um, how that began. Like, did you wake up one day and you were like, you know, I'm going to find, you know, Inspiring Girls. Like, how did this happen? I'd love to know. Well, almost. And let me say, first of all, uh, thank you to you for all the help that you have always given to, oh. <laughs> to Inspiring Girls, but um, which makes a huge difference. Um, but it started It started basically because I had been focusing on gender for a long, long time. I was born in Spain when Spain was still in a dictatorship. And until I was eight, women in my country could not have uh, their own current account and they could not travel abroad without the permission of their husbands. And people think that that does not happen in European countries. But, you know, I am old, but not so old. <laughs> Happened oh my God, that sounds ago. so demeaning. Whoa. Exactly. And I remember, you know, my mother was one of the few women who worked in, in um, my town because I come from a rural environment. And, and it was a big thing that she had to explain that she wasn't disrespected. And my father said, so anyway, I had always been focusing on those issues. And, um, and I was building up my career and I started having children. As it happens with most of us, you know, you just focus on your own, on your own things. But suddenly I found myself in 2010, because my husband became Deputy Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, I found myself in the middle of media exposure, a media exposure that I didn't seek and nor like. And, uh, oh, and I struggled with it. At the beginning, oh, it, was no. bit, yeah, it was a bit difficult because it's like, why, why is this happening to me and why do... Uh, people think, especially journalists, think that I have to be like a flower pot behind this politician, just you know, being That's a nice ornament were there. And I, I fought mentally um, against it for a couple of years, and and then suddenly one day I remember I was on holiday and I had this moment of thinking, but why am I fighting this? I should use it for something that, that is meaningful. And at that time, I was reading a lot of research uh, from girls and girl guides in particular do fantastic research on girls. And they were saying that girls feel that they do not have enough access to female role models. 
So I thought, yeah, great. Let's use this unwanted media exposure to try to create a movement to connect girls with female role models. And that is what we do. And since then, we are now in 28 countries, which is great. That is amazing. I actually love the story because so many females, um, even today, find themselves a shadow of their partner. And, you know, women could do so much. The truth is they can do anything. So I love that inspirational story of, you know what, it happened to me too. And here I am, you know, turning this into a beautiful flower garden. Here we go. And I love how you share that with everybody too. So what would be your favorite campaign you've done with Inspiring Girls? Because you've had like so many so far. Not only the, uh, this little girl is me, but you know, the, um, this one, which was really cool. So like, what would be like your favorite one that you felt actually moved you to, like empowered you personally? Well, everything that I do with girls empowers me. And I should say, and I hope that this is a sort of recommendation for any woman or man who may be thinking of supporting this, that we do it for the girls, but very often I think that we are the ones who learn the the most from them and it's a privilege to to work with them. But my favorite campaign, and Mm -hmm. we have done a lot, was precisely, you mentioned it, This Little Girl Is Me that we did on the International Day of the Girl Mm -hmm. uh, last year. And and the reason... um, I invested myself enormously on it. So pretty much all my summer was taken by writing to people like you saying, please help us and and post. And we ask women to post pictures of themselves as a little girl and to say, you know, what advice they would give to themselves or what they were thinking at the time. And I think that is really very important because when we talk to girls and we talk to thousands of girls over every single year, a lot of what um, they still don't understand is that to become somebody like you, Lily, for example, it doesn't happen just overnight. No, you know? no, no, no girl, moments. no. Exactly, there are yeah, moments, no. bad moments. <laughs> and it wasn't so long ago that you were exactly like they are right now and with the same, you know, doubts and, and, um, yes. and yes. aspirations and hopes. So I think that it, it brought women closer girls and to me it was an an important thing because we started bringing the role models to schools and that is what we did the the first first two years or so of the campaign then we thought no hold on a sec we should do this virtually because otherwise we are limiting the number of role models Mm. so we did it a, a video app that we did with uh, Google at the time, oh, well before excellent. COVID, so we were very ready for that. And this little girl is me was an attempt to bring it to social media. So if the girls are in social media, we want to be there so that they cannot miss the role models. And and I thought that it was a really good way to see how we can use social media for a good cause whenever we put good content, no? And I think that that is an area where we all have to contribute. Yes, of course. You know, one thing about the campaign that I thought was great is the vulnerability. You know, a lot of people, their baby photos are kind of personal to them. So the vulnerability of being able to share that and showing I am a strong woman, sharing this with you and telling you it's going to be okay. We all need to hear that sometimes. It will be okay. You can achieve your goal. Just it might take some time, but look, look where I am now. And I, I think that campaign really resonated with me as well, because I was like, when you said that to me, I was like, this is, this is everything. This needs to be happening where more women are lifting one another up. Um, what would you say has been your hardest hardship when it comes to this type of stuff? 
Uh, and you've overcome, of course. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the most difficult bit is to um, is to overcome the frustration um, of trying to get really well-known women um, involved. And I, um, I, I make enormous efforts not to get frustrated and even angry, but I see woman after woman in really top positions um, that some of them are fantastic and you just, you, you send them a DM, it's like, of course I will help. <laughs> and some others, it takes forever to get them there. Why? Because they have teams, teams of advisors. And that is my frustration that many of them are using um, the image of women and girls and feminism as a brand. And you see it very quickly when you are doing this kind of work that, that we are doing, that a lot of the, uh, the so-called role models are not really authentic. And I loved it that you put the finger on vulnerability because I think that the girls see through it. They really see through it. And we don't need like perfect, wonderful women just trying to pretend that they do everything in an easy manner. It's just not easy. And the girls need to know. So overcoming that frustration and not getting negative about it is probably the, the most difficult bit. <laughs> Honestly, you are way better than me because I'd be so upset. You know, this is an excellent campaign. And anytime you can lend your voice, I think I wrote this to you several times because I was like, at first I was like, why is she telling me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like this is something that like, <laughs> like you want to do you want to be able to when you're in a position share you you must share I mean as humans we grow from sharing so I'm actually a little taken back that you were rebuffed like that Miriam I'm upset for rebuff. you I mean I should say we have thousands of wonderful and really really well-known women you know from yes, Melinda Gates in lots of different areas but I always think you know, I don't want to spend any time convincing those women right you know yeah, move on to the next somebody from, wants you exactly we yeah. have from those top women to women who are working in supermarkets to nurses you know to, to women that I know they don't have time and they don't have means and we should be spending all the time convincing those women not the powerful ones because you know right. privilege comes responsibility right so so let's just you know this, this help. <laughs> no, but you are right. Anybody, you know, depending on what their job is, it doesn't matter. They're still, you know, out there working, putting themselves out there. And, you know, it doesn't matter your status. We're all, you know, let's just say women for this type of topic. And ultimately it's, it's a gender role here. So it's like, I love how you've um, just, you know what, I'm just going to keep going on. That is like so vital. So if it wasn't for inspiring girls, what would Miss Miriam be? Where would she be? Well, I already do lots of um, different things. I I think that probably right now I could, and if I were in my country right now, I could be trying to do more on politics. Um, something that I have realized, and it's a very acute feeling for me now, is that there is a lot that you can do from civil society. And I think that it is really important that anybody who does any action on civil society, they really focus on the action. It's not the narrative, it's not, it's not the words. It's very good um, raising awareness. Of course, we need that, but we need to move it into the action. 
But the big things, the transformational things, the things that really change society, all that really comes from the political side. And, yeah, and I consider that my generation has sort of withdrawn a little bit from uh, politics and, and we have done a disservice to our countries really. So very openly that, but I only tell you this because I, if I say this in Spain, I will have the journalism. <laughs> oh my goodness, no, I don't even know. You know, I, I think I shared with you about Bullish, how I'm working on Project Bullish, where I want to um, do my part by having some sort of federal law passed on online bullying, um, some sort of moderation, some sort of blocker for people creating these accounts. Because, you know, I actually had, since we were talking about journalists, I had a journalist reach out to me. And, you know, Miriam, they interviewed fake accounts and printed their words, not mine. Okay, there needs to be moderation on online bullying. And I guess Generation Z, my generation, I am continuing with that. And I love, I just love how you're equally trying to, you know, do your part in the world. I think people have lost the fact that we are all individuals, but we're all community with one another. And we, we need to help one another whenever we can. Um, you know, one thing I'm interested in, and I hope it's not too intrusive, is a little bit of your backstory, because you're very smart. And you got to start somewhere with how you're so smart, too. You know, talent grows at home, but what you really show outside is like that star power. Well, it's, it's very kind of you to say that I'm smart. I don't consider myself smart, but I'm, I'm, I work hard. I really, you know, that's one of my trademarks. Whatever I do, I put a lot of effort and energy into it. But I, I mentioned earlier that I was born um, during the, the period of transition from uh, dictatorship to democracy in my, in my country. And, and that was very crucial in my life because it was a period of enormous social mobility and all of us, we were being told, you know, education is key. So if you, if you push it with education, you can get lots of things. And that has always yeah. gone with, with me. And, you know, I come from, a, I was the daughter of two teachers and rural environment. I went to the school of my village um, until I was 18. So it isn't by any means special background, but but the belief in education and in myself That's is something important. that I took on very early on. And, and it makes a lot of difference in, in your life. If you are being limited whenever you are um, a child or a teenager and you are constantly being shown that there are things that you cannot do, I think that it's very difficult. You can shake it off later on, but it takes an effort. So if you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? I would love to have the power of ubiquity, of being able to be in lots of different places at the same okay. time. The biggest handicap in my life that when I'm in California, I'm not in Europe. And when I'm in Europe, I'm not in Africa. You know, And there are all these different places where I have things, whether it's business or inspiring girls or politics. And I would love to be in all of them at the same time. <laughs> you want like 10 barriers around? You know, I love it. Where is your favorite place to travel since you would love to be everywhere, but there has to be one place. Uh, well, I went very recently to um, Alaska, basically because COVID caught me in the US and we couldn't travel back to our families in, in Europe. And I, I felt something there that I haven't felt in many other places. And I, I should explain that I probably see this because I'm European and in Europe, we don't have 
the the huge nature that there is in the in the US, these amazing dimensions, you know? but that feeling that you get in some parts of Alaska that you are literally in the middle of nowhere, that there is nobody for well, kilometers and kilometers around of you. Is, that's amazing, really. I loved it. <laughs> oh my God, it's so interesting because you're such a, a social person, but like, it's almost like an oasis, like, you know, just like an escape. I love that. Um, is there anything you are planning going forward, maybe projects that you can share today? Yes, I am. I am um, about to launch a company in um, Africa. I'm thinking okay. of launching a company in my own country. And I'm, I'm making a, a move from, I have been working for other people for a long time. And, and now I'm kind of making that compatible with starting my own business projects. And, and I want to dedicate part of that project to contributing to public policy in my in oh, my country on a pro bono basis. And um, and yeah, it's, it's, something, it's something new. But, but I should stress that I'm able to do all this because I have fantastic teams. <laughs> So, you know, people sometimes when they hear me, it's like, why do you do all those different things? Like, because I have really good people with me who do well, it. Okay. I think anybody who asks a woman why you did all these things, they're questioning your ambition in a way. I mean, I'm just saying you're very ambitious and your teams are everything. Anybody's team is what helps them, you know, kind of keep floating because when you do so much stuff, you know, you can get stressed, overwhelmed. And I love that, that you uh, acknowledge your team because sometimes people forget them and we must remember who helps us along the way. Thank you so much, Miriam, for coming on today. It is honestly such a pleasure. And um, is there anywhere people could find Inspiring Girls that you'd like to share? Yes, go to our website, www.inspirance-girls.com or just follow our Instagram. We do a lot on Instagram and LinkedIn. And thank you so much oh. for having me, Lily. It's a pleasure talking to you. Of course. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>